listen to this message, you will be challenged and encouraged through God's Word. Here at Heartsea's Family Life Church, it has always been our desire to see people's lives totally impacted and changed. His Word promises to accomplish that. For more information in regards to our church, you can call us at 225-274-1607 or visit us on the web at www.hflc.us. We look forward to hearing from you. Be blessed now as you listen to God's Word. Prayer is such an awesome privilege. I want to say that one more time. Prayer is such an awesome privilege that every one of us has. Think about it. I can talk to God. Just think about that. You can talk to God, the one who spoke and the world was created, the one that nothing is impossible. You have the ability to be able to talk to that God. Wow, that is incredible. If I came home and I told my little girl, Molly, hey, I've hooked up an interview with One Direction, she would be thrilled. If you don't know who One Direction is, you probably don't have kids. They happen to be cool English guys, by the way, but that wasn't why I chose them. But isn't it amazing? My daughter and many of you probably would be so excited to talk to them. Wow, just to talk to them. Listen, they're humans. They haven't done anything for you apart from take your money. But we can talk to a God. And we need to be excited about that instead of saying, oh, I've got to pray. I can talk to God. That is incredible. And just to have a change of mentality in that can really change the way we pray. And I think it is totally amazing That we can talk to God. And here's something. Are you ready? That I think is even more amazing. He wants to hear from you. God enjoys. God looks forward to. God waits for. There's a great word in the Bible. that says God longs. He longs. He yearns for what? To have relationship with you. Wow. God wants to talk to me. And that's what we're going to talk about today. And that's why we've got to understand the important truth in regards to prayer. Listen to this. Prayer is not a monologue. Prayer is a dialogue. I looked up the word monologue in the dictionary. You know what it says? A monologue is a long speech by one person. How many are praying monologue? It's a long speech by one person. It's a speech that monopolizes a conversation. But dialogue says this, dialogue is a conversation between two or more persons. It's a discussion. God wants our prayer to be a discussion that we talk and he answers and he talks and we answer. That's what prayer can be. And you've got to understand that anytime, anywhere, under any circumstance, we have a privilege. And you know what the Bible says our privilege is? Hebrews 4 4, verse 16 says this, that we can come boldly to the throne of grace 
that we can obtain mercy and grace to help in our time of need. I love that, that boldly I can come to God. I don't have to come timidly, afraidedly. It's not a word, but it sounds good. I don't have to come like that, but I can boldly come in with a confidence of what? Knowing He hears, and He doesn't only hear, but He's able to answer. And we've got to realize that in our lives, that God can speak back to us. Now, every one of us, if I was to ask most of you what you consider prayer to be, most of you would say, we can talk to God. Most of you would say that. Well, of course, prayer is talking to God. But rarely stopping to wonder whether he may talk back to us. A lot of people say it's talking to God, but we rarely stop to consider the fact that, hold on a second, he wants to talk to me too. And that's where I want us to look at today. God wants to speak to you and God will speak to you through various ways. Let me give you four ways that I believe God can speak to you. Number one, through his word. You know, it's not just a book. It's not just a coffee table. It's not just a coaster to put your Coke on. Come on. It's not just an ornament on the back window of your car. It needs to be something that you read. Someone said, well, I haven't heard much from God lately. Well, why not read God? It's God's word. So God speaks to us through his word. Have you ever been reading a scripture that you've maybe read many times before, but bam, it just hits you and you're like, wow, I needed that for today. Scripture's just been brought to you. So God speaks to you through his word. God can speak to you through people. Hey, I was just praying for you today. I just want to encourage you. God just, you know, I just want to tell you that God loves you. God can use people to speak into your life. And listen to this. That means he can use you to speak into someone else's life. So we've got to be available. We've got to be available. Well, is it me? Well, hey, sometimes you've got to just take that step of faith. And say, you know what, this may be off base, but I've got to share with you what I feel inside. And if I'm wrong, I apologize because I am human and I can make mistakes. But I just feel this is what God would want me to do. And God can speak to you. And it doesn't always have to be that God feels. God can use us to speak to other people by us just living the Christian life. By the joy we have, the excitement. Wow, you really blessed me today with just that smile on your face. Wow, I was low today and something happened. What was that? God using you to touch someone's life. God can speak to you, I believe, the third way, through circumstances of life and through nature. Just different circumstances of life that you can see God in it. You can see his hand. You can see his provision. You can hear his voice. I know some of the most powerful ways God has spoken to me in my life is through nature. I remember one time I was really low, I was really depressed, I was really having a rough time and I know none of you have ever been there. But that day just so happened I had to go and get a root canal. How many knows when you're already down, already depressed, already having a rough time, the last thing and the last place you ever want to be, even if you're feeling on top of the world, is the dentist. If you're a dentist in the house, we apologize, we love you, and we would love to have free treatment. Thank you very much. (laughs) But it's the last place you want to be. And I remember I just had a root canal, and they talk to you and have conversations and want to know everything about you, and they don't do it till they stick everything in your mouth, and then you... They must put them through some kind of special 
um, interpretive language study or something so they know what you're saying to be a dentist, you know. But anyway, I remember just being miserable and I walked over to a chain link fence. I was waiting for someone to come and pick me up. And there was flowers that had died. There was a vine all over the chain link fence and there was wilted petals of this vine. And I remember just touching the petal and they fell off and underneath was a beautiful, beautiful little flower. And right there, God spoke to me and said, See, you think everything's over. You think everything's dead. But I have to cause death to bring forth new life. And that day, God spoke to me. He spoke to me through a chain link fence with a vine with a dead flower. But it wasn't really dead. There was life inside. God can use nature to speak to you. Go out and just look at nature and just realize that it could never have happened by chance. You know, when you're feeling depressed and lonely and God doesn't care about you, just go out and watch the birds and see how God takes care of them and the sparrow doesn't fall to the ground and your heavenly father doesn't. Don't tell me that God doesn't take care of you. So he can use nature. And one of the, the last way I believe that God can speak to you is directly through the leading of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Just that inner voice, that paracletus, that one that God sent to be our comforter, to be there with us, that God can speak to us in that realm. And it's so sad that too many of us never expect God to speak to us. Well, it's okay. He speaks to Pastor P. He has to. He's a preacher. He's a pastor. He needs God to speak to him. You've got to start expecting God to speak to you because you need his instruction. You need his guidance. And the sad thing is also many of us are perhaps afraid to listen, to hear what God would say. Why? Because we're afraid of what he may say. We're afraid. Can I tell you what God is going to say to you? And then answer me this if it's something to be afraid of. God is going to speak in words of correction. God is going to speak in words of instruction. God is going to speak in words of guidance. God is going to speak in words of encouragement. And the last time I checked, if God is speaking in those words, it's not to destroy you, but it's to help you. Do I hear an amen? So we can be afraid of the voice that wants to instruct. Sometimes the instruction is discipline and it's harsh. But for what reason? To make us better. To tell us to buck up, to shape up, to suck it up, to get over it. But everything that God wants to say to us is that which will bring benefit and blessing to our lives. Why would we be afraid of that? The Bible, both in the Old Testament and the New Testament, is full of conversations that God had with man. Examples of God speaking, replying to their requests of prayer. Or even when they didn't pray, sometimes God just spoke. Moses never prayed, someone else prayed, but God spoke to him and said, I want you to deliver my people. God spoke to someone else because of someone else's prayer. But what I'm saying is the Bible is full of that. And, and I don't read anywhere in the Bible. Even if you turn to the book of Revelations, the last book of the Bible, I don't read anywhere in the Bible where it says, I'm tired of speaking and I'm done. We know the circumstances that silences the voice of God, but it doesn't stop him from speaking, period. And there is nowhere in the scriptures where we see that God says, I'm through talking to man. When Revelation was finished, the book was closed, God says, that's it, I'm done. In fact, I believe that God speaks perhaps more today than he ever has spoken before. Why? Because there's a greater need today, I believe, than ever before. And it's not that he's not speaking. The problem is we're not listening. We're not listening. And it makes no sense to ever think that God's lost his voice. 
Especially since the very foundation of our Christian experience, the very foundation of our Christian faith is what? It's a personal relationship between you and God. That's what distinguishes Christianity from any other religion. It's a personal relationship that you can have directly with God. You don't have to go through a priest. You don't have to go through this and that and jump through hoops and all these things. You can have a personal relationship with God. So why would it make sense if God, the very foundation of our Christian faith, is a personal relationship that God wouldn't want to talk to you? Can you see that? The importance of talking to God. And therefore it stands to reason that God is still able to speak to you today. You cannot build a relationship on one-way speeches. You cannot build a relationship that way. We must have frequent, sustained, intimate contact with God, both speaking and listening. And the last time I checked, I had two ears and I had one mouth. That's a two-to-one ratio. Maybe for this reason, maybe we need to do twice as much listening as we do speaking. Come on now. Too many of us are dyslexic in that area. We're doing a whole lot more speaking than we are listening. You know, why is God not speaking to you? Maybe because he doesn't have a chance to get any words in. For us to be able to sustain a healthy Christian life, we must be able to hear his voice. Haven't got time tonight, but read John chapter 10. Speaks about the sheep knowing his voice and what happens as a result of his voice versus a stranger's voice. Read that for yourself. I had an illustration the other day and it was of a missionary who had come over from a foreign country and was walking through the streets of New York with a New Yorker. And as they were walking through the streets, all the hustle, the bustle, the noise, the taxi cabs, just everything was going on. They were showing the missionary just New York and giving him a sight. He said, in the middle of it all, the missionary said, stop, did you hear that? And the New Yorker said, hear what? I mean, the horns? He said, no, you didn't hear that? And he says, no, hear what? He says, you can't hear that cricket chirping. There it is again. And the missionary walked over to a little window box that was beside the sidewalk. And sure enough, a little cricket was there. The New Yorker was like blown away. Like, why would you hear that? Or how could you hear that over all this noise? And you know what? The little missionary didn't say a word. But what he did was he reached into his pocket. And he pulled out a handful of change. And he threw it down on the sidewalk. And it was amazing, they said, to see that that street literally screeched to a halt as everyone stopped what they were doing and bent down to grab the money. And the missionary looked at the New Yorker and he says, the reason why I heard that is because that's what I've trained myself to hear. He says, and the reason why they hear what they heard is because that's what they have become accustomed to. You can hear the money falling, but just cannot hear the cricket. Isn't it amazing with all the noise around us, we can hear that and it drowns out the voice of God, which many times is a still small voice. But we have got to train ourselves. We've got to take time to hear his voice, to distinguish his voice, to quiet the surroundings around us enough that we can hear what he wants. We've got to train ourselves, listen to me, to hear the voice of God. And you may say today, Pastor, please help me to develop that sense where I can hear from God. What do I need to do? Help me. And depending upon who you ask, they may give you... 
so many different, well, this is how you hear God. This is how you hear God. I, I want to give you how you can hear God. I believe how God shows us from his word. God shows us in Psalms 46 verse 10. God says these words, be still and know that I am God. The best way still to hear God, to know his voice is stillness. Say with me, stillness. 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 I like what the Message Bible says, and, and I had already written down that illustration before I read this passage from the Message Bible. But listen to what it says from Psalms 46, verse 10. It says, Step out of the traffic. Wow. Pretty cool, huh? And take a long, loving look at me, your high God, above politics and above everything else. When it says be still and know, step out of the traffic, step out of everything, even the politics and the hustle and the bustle. And take a good look at me. Take a good look at me. Come on, stay with me one more time. Stillness. Stillness. By the way, the message of, the title of my message tonight was the, dis- um, the Discipline of Stillness. If you didn't get that, I didn't give it to you because I didn't want to give it away before we got there. But the title is The Discipline of Stillness. Jerry Hunt came and preached for us at our church anniversary last June. And he said these words. He said, To not know stillness is not to know God. To not know stillness is not to know God. You may say, well, that's not true because I know God. But how do you know God? We can know God in a greater way. How many would be honest today and say, I can know God a whole lot greater than I know Him now? How do we discover that? Through stillness, through spending time. Jesus developed this discipline in His life. If He didn't watch, He could have been... He could have had someone around him at every... Jesus, when he was here on this earth, he could have had something to do, somewhere to go, someone to touch, someone to heal, a miracle to perform at all times. It's described that when Jesus went to places, the crowd thronged him. That word thronged is a term that they used to use for pressing out grapes. The people literally crushed him. The disciples had to stand around Jesus to stop people crushing. Jesus was a popular guy. Everywhere he went, he had people pulling, almost crushing him. But Jesus had to find time in his daily life, in his daily routine of life, to get away. Now, what do we say? Well, I'm going to make time for God. Has anyone ever said, I'm going to make time for God? Come on, let's be honest in the house. I'm going to make time for God. Even at this message, you're thinking right now, man, I need to make more time for God. Really? You know, one thing when we say I'm going to make more time for God, that's impossible to do because you can't make time. Time has already been made. It's an impossibility for you to make time. But what have you got to do? You've got to reclaim your time. You've got to take back that which you've given. You've got to find time for stillness. You can't make time because there's only 24 hours in a day. You've got to find time. And you've got to discipline. It, it, through the discipline of stillness, you can teach your kids the importance of, listen, mummy's going to go away for a few minutes, and I don't want you to disturb because I want to talk to God. And if I don't talk to God, I'm going to be really grumpy with you. I'm not going to have the patience that I need because I need to get alone with God. You're teaching your kids what the importance of spending time with God. But you've got to not make time. You've got to find time. And one thing I've realized is this. All the time I need is there if I choose. If I choose to make the time, I can make it. 
Well, I haven't got time to be in church. I'm too tired tonight. Someone can call up and say the latest movie's up. All of a sudden, you're making time to go there when you didn't have time. Notice how quickly we can find time to do things. David said it this way. He said, early will I seek you. In Mark 1 verse 35, we read of Jesus. It says, now in the morning, having risen long before daylight, Jesus went out and departed to a solitary place and there he prayed. Notice, early in the morning, David said, Jesus got up early. I'm not saying for you to get up at the crack of dawn, but I think prayer in the morning is a good way to start your day. Some of you wouldn't even dream of starting your day without a coffee and everyone around you is glad. Think what your life could be if you started your day with prayer and a coffee. Think what would happen to your life. Just introducing your day to God and saying, God, I give this to you today. Would you be with me? Would you speak to me? And here's the reason why stillness is so important. Why it's so important for you to get along with God. I'm just going to give you two reasons. Reason number one, it's a time where you can pour out your heart to God. It's a time where you can just make your petitions. It's a time where you can tell God your problems, your fears and your frustrations. Just say, God, this is what's happening. So that's the number one reason why I think it's important to be in stillness with God. But then here's the number two reason. And that is this. It's a time when we can receive back from Him. And what do we receive from Him? His comfort, His direction, His instruction. Listen to this one. His affirmation. Have you ever needed the affirmation of God? Come on, just for Him to say to you, Hey, you're my child. You're special. You're awesome. I don't care who you are. You need affirmation at some time or other. And God wants to give that to you. Why? Because he's a proud dad and you're his kid. Come on, what did did the heavens when they opened up when Jesus was baptized? What was the voice from heaven? What did it say? This is my son in whom I am well pleased. Don't you believe that God thinks that he's well pleased of you? You need to hear that affirmation in your life. You need to hear that insurance. And you know why else we need to hear from God? Because we need to hear the promptings. Because sometimes God's going to prompt us to go and do something, to say something, to be there for this. Jesus did it. Jesus created a time of stillness in his life for this reason. Listen to this. To make sure there was always purpose to each one of the steps he took. Jesus spent time alone. So every day, wherever he went, he made sure that he was going with purpose. He wasn't wasting time. He wasn't wasting other people's time. He wasn't missing an opportunity because he was going the wrong way. Through stillness, he received the direction that he needed for the day. You see it, the Spirit of God led Jesus into a wilderness. He was led here. Why? Because I believe he created a time of stillness where God could speak to him. Where God could speak to him. He received what he needed for life, for himself, but also for others through stillness. Something about stillness is this, it's going to be strange at first. It's going to be strange to turn off the TV, to turn off the music, to turn off the noise. You're going to start hearing noises you never even realized were happening. It's going to be strange at first, but guess what? It's going to become more natural as you do it more. And eventually, I'm telling you, you're going to get to a place that if you don't do it, your day is just going to be off balance. And you're going to say, wow, there's something missing in my life. And you know what it's going to be? I didn't have a time with God today didn't create time with God. How sad is it if we don't listen to God and expect Him to speak to us, but we're not prepared to listen? I will say this, that God doesn't always speak. 
You know, sometimes Kelly can, you know, I can come home from work and I can say, how's your day been? It's been fine. She doesn't have a lot to say. Why? Because there's not a lot to say. So don't be offended sometimes if God doesn't have a whole lot to say. But it's like a navigational system in your car. It doesn't talk to you all the time. It doesn't say, Tevin, you are doing a great job driving. I am glad that you bought me and no one else did. I have never felt so blessed to be in someone's presence. Oh, that turn was incredible. Wow, how did you... doesn't do that. But you know what a navigational system does? It speaks when it's needed. Would you turn here? And that's how it is with God. We've got to develop that stillness that we create a space, that we create a time that when there's a need to speak, we'll hear the voice. And even if he doesn't speak in that still moment when we're with him, you know what, I just believe we're a whole lot more sensitive to God throughout the day when we've given some time to him. And throughout the day, we'll feel those promptings. We'll feel him just helping us in everything we do. God is attempting to communicate with you more often than you even realize. In fact, probably even today, you've got some missed calls from God. Perhaps even today, you have got some missed calls from God. Jeremiah 333 is when I was a kid. This was what I was taught was God's phone number. Are you ready for it? Jeremiah 333. We used to chant it out when we were kids. Jeremiah 333 says, call upon me. 33 verse 3, by the way. But we used to call it 333. Call upon me. And what's the promise? And I will answer you. And you know what God goes on to say? And here's the answer I will give. Call upon me and I will answer you. And I will show you great and mighty things that you know not of. Isn't that powerful? God says, if you call upon me, I will answer you and show you great things that you know not of. Now, I looked that up and it said things that are inaccessible from you. Things that are out of reach. Say out of reach. God says that when we call upon him, he shows us things that are out of touch from us right now. That are out of reach. We don't have them right now, but God shows them to us when we pray. For what reason? I just have to think if something's out of reach from me, God through prayer wants to direct me how to get there. God just wants to show me the way. That's one thing. Or as I pray, God wants to bring those things to my life. Whichever way God chooses to do, I'll never get there if I don't let God bring it or I don't let him lead me to where it is. But the promise is this. As I call upon him, he will answer. And the things that I don't know, he already knows. To develop a time of stillness to listen to God will not only take your prayer life to a new level, it will take your relationship to God to places that you've only ever dreamed of. It will bring you into a new depth, a greater commitment, and a greater satisfaction with God. Amen? We would like to thank you for listening to this message today. We pray that your life has been challenged by what you've heard, but we also know it will be changed as you put God's word into effect. 
At Heart Seas Family Life Church, our doors are always open to help. If you need any more information or just a friend to listen, we are here. Call us at 225-274-1607 or email us at pastorp at hflc.us. Remember, put God first in your life and everything you do will prosper. We look forward to seeing you soon. God bless.